That's how we roll, Jim. They came for the beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They came for their movies. Oh, 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 yeah. But Brad and Andrew aren't going to take it sitting down. Hot takes. Cold beer. No prisoners. This is the Brew and View Podcast. just feels like I need to be coming with a lot of energy coming after that. <laughs> uh, I I started the uh, marker too early, and so I had to power through the end of the fireworks. That's right. <laughs> ah, that's good stuff. Hi, everybody. Uh, hello. Back. Welcome to the Brewing View Podcast. You, uh, you must be Brad. I am, as always. You're Andrew. I am. And uh, we're here to talk beer, talk movies. Yes. Um. So let's do both, shall we? Yes, let's do it. What you drinking? Ah, I am having. Uh, one, it's, I don't know. It's just it's a gay beer. It's fucking, <laughs> it's gay. Now I, uh, <clears throat> if you're wondering what uh, I'm talking about, uh, listen to the last episode of Mavs. Uh, it was a uh, comment that was made by a patron of the bar. <laughs> And uh, I'm having a beer that they actually did uh, call uh, accused of being gay, and I would say it's uh, it's as gay as the hand of the person who's drinking it. So, if a gay mm-hmm. person wanted to drink it, more power to them. Uh, but yeah, it is Mocha Break. It is a chocolate coffee stout, and I love it. At first, cool. I was kind of. So we have the coffee break, which is um, a seasonal beer that's um, made its return this fall uh, for the second time. And I thought it it was better than last year. And of course, there's no actual way to tell. That's one of the funny things about just beer in general. It's like, I haven't had this beer in eight months, but now that I'm having it again, I think this one's better than the last one I had eight months ago. Very good. Um, but I loved it. And then we did the raspberry uh, coffee break, which I talked about on this podcast. And um, it was good. It was good enough. And uh, then we came out with the mocha break. And it was like, all right, how many times are we going to, how many, you know, remixes Breaks are we, we yeah, how many yeah. remixes are we going to do before everyone realizes it's the same song? Uh, and I think this is even better than the coffee break. Cool. Yeah, so it doesn't really have a lot of sweetness to it. The coffee break itself is pretty um, pretty light for a stout. And I think I've talked about this before, but it doesn't get cold here. But for a few 
weeks cumulatively. Um, we're in the middle of one of those stretches right now, which sucked this morning. Hopped on my bike at 4.20 in the morning. <laughs> nice. And uh, it was like a three-minute ride to the local coffee shop. And I was like, this is the longest three minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so the coffee break, a little bit on the lighter side. Um, the idea is you want to be able to drink it when it's 65, 70 degrees because we have a lot of those days in the winter. Um, I, I know it sounds nice, but let me assure you, it is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the mocha break doesn't add a lot of sweetness, but it just adds a little more richness and a little more depth to it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it gives it kind of a little more complexity. It still has that great coffee flavor that I really love. Um, and it, it just gives it a little more, puts it a little bit over the edge. And it tastes chocolatey, but it doesn't taste confectionery, sweet, creamy like that. It, it's just a good coffee stout. And it's a little more rich than our standard coffee stout. And I'm a Very big cool. fan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd say super gay. Mm -hmm. Oh. Which means good. It's gay as day as long. Yes. Um, yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, well, I am having a uh, local beer for me. Nice. Uh, it's called Mothman from Evergreen Brewing Company in Camp Hill, which is about 20 minutes away. Nice. <clears throat> it's uh, Imperial Double IPA, mm -hmm. New England Double, which I haven't had too many of those yet. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Mostly the, the – the, well, do you know what I mean as far as my experience? So yeah, let me explain yeah. my experience and let you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Go ahead, so like, Dad. <laughs> so most of my most of the uh new england's are just are that i've had that i've experienced so far have been pretty much in that you know up mid five to mid six range as far sure. as abv and yeah. very um light zesty light on the palate kind of um beer you know what i mean it's a it's a departure from the the heavier uh the heavier uh, IPA, I would call from from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, that kind of sits on your palate and doesn't go away sometimes. You know, where the New Englands are a little bit more of a uh, sherbet or something like that, where it kind of doesn't really sit there and kind of yeah. affect what what's going on in your tongue. Uh, but this one's different, man. This one is what nice when I. I mean, I say sherbet, but this almost tastes like a creamsicle. So oh, it's, nice. I mean, when you, you saw the picture, right? Yes. And you can see like what, it, like you can't see through that. No. That's, it's very cloudy. And it's like Tropicana. It's not, it, yeah. Right. And it's, um, but it's also got like a really heavy cream taste to it. And like, I'm not a creamsicle kind of guy, but like, that's the kind of taste it has. But this is actually pretty good um I, this is definitely like a one or two beer and you're done there's no like sitting and drinking this for more than that Very i'd say bad. even probably one for me um really uh well crafted i would say just and heavy just like 
it's a very a, a really good aroma and then just everywhere on your palate from the front to the back because it's got a little bit of citrus in it you know gets you in the back and it also gets yeah. you in the front with that um kind of uh like coating like a creamsicle would do uh that's sure. the best way way i can explain it so definitely a good beer uh enjoy it i think i gave it a what 4.5 i think or 4.25 on on tapped so yeah 4.5 so and yeah uh good beer and only 318 check-ins and i think you only had like 40 check-ins but i guess you have an inside scoop on that really that whole thing oh that's that's a shame um yeah 40 check-ins uh yeah, I mean, we canned it. It was a pretty limited run, but uh, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. Strange. Would have thought more. Oh, people are taking pictures of their flights. Let's see, Let's see if there's any pictures of my uh, handwriting hmm. on the internet. Hmm. Oh, there's only one. Nope, that is not me. Hmm. <laughs> I see lowercase letters, and I know I'm not involved. Oh, so you're a uppercase guy too? Yeah, all caps. Me too. Uh, I don't write so caps. much as I yell on paper. <laughs> I know I'm a heavy-handed writer. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I don't know why when I changed that. I think it was somewhere in college. Yeah. It, it note taking. I don't. Um, I think it was. It couldn't have been note taking for me because I was never a notes guy. Um, I don't know. Honestly, maybe I I know what it is for me. I know what it is. It's the, the lowercase. I I go to cursive and my and it it just gets so ugly looking. Like at least my uppercase or my caps mm -hmm. is a little bit uh, more legible. I yeah. would say, mad villainy, all caps. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I th I think mine would be. I don't know when I I started. Um, I guess when I started writing things for myself, like I didn't have a computer for a long time. So when I would have like ideas, once I get going, and you can hear it in many an episode of this show, mm. it just it's my brain's the same way. I just I think I just write in all caps because I can do it faster. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways yeah. all caps sweet. sweet um i did have the reason i'm running i was running a little bit late i was going to run a little bit late is that my wife surprised me tonight uh and taking me to trogues i did not know for my birthday and nice. we went and my brother was there and had a couple good beers there which were fun uh, had the Wild Elf, which was very heavy. It's almost like a triple Belgian, almost almost like a like a super heavy sour. And what else I have? I had a really good um, oh an Imperial, uh, like a Russian stout type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like just like a heavy heavy laden IPA stout ish type thing. It was uh, really good. It was a barrel age too, so it just it just was so thick and heavy. And uh, another uh, double 
the double blizzard, uh, which is the blizzard of hops is one of their beers and they, oh, nice. they doubled it up for this year. So anyways, good night tonight. That was fun. Good. So, but other than that, uh, it's been pretty, pretty norms for the, uh, beer skis. All right. So it's norms, brewskis. Good deal. This is, I think, my first beer since the last episode we did. How dare you? I know. I know. And you could probably hear it, but I bet I was a little under the weather. And uh, if I'm taking, like, DayQuil or NyQuil, I try to uh, avoid alcohol because that stuff just dries me out. It, like, dehydrates me to the point where, like, I... I usually take uh, half doses of the Dayquil because it just like crushes you. I can't get enough water. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like punching the kidneys. <laughs> probably not good for me. No, probably not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I feel bad for you. Yeah. Well, don't 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 cry for maybe, me. Maybe maybe Argentina. Feel bad for me. Yeah. I can't imagine going two weeks without a beer. Yeah. Can't imagine. <laughs> ah, don't want to, but could you? Don't wanna. No, Why would I, I definitely could not. <laughs> it's beer time. All right. Well, let's get into movies because yes. we both have early mornings, and we got a lot to talk about. Uh, yes, yes, we do. Um, where? Should we start? Um, uh, why don't you do Dolomite? I would love to. All right. Dolomite is my name. Is a Netflix movie uh, about the life of, um, well, the professional life of Rudy Ray Moore, better known by his stage name, Dolomite. Um, and it is directed by <laughs> Craig brewer nice. nice um fan of the show yeah he uh but he's done hustle and flow black snake moan um and uh so yeah it's uh eddie murphy portrays real life legend rudy ray moore a comedy a comedy and rap <laughs> pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious obscene kung fu fighting alter ego dolomite became a 70s black exploitation phenomenon. Um and it is uh it's exactly that. It it takes place right uh it starts right before uh Rudy Ray Moore um adopts the moniker of Dolomite and goes into his uh success as a uh black exploitation star. And uh Dude, Eddie Murphy, he he always sounds like Eddie Murphy, but there's some times where like you forget you're looking at Eddie Murphy. Like he really like uh I don't know, the costume um makeup and and hair phenomenal job. Like he he looked like Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah. Um yeah. And there was just a Well, this is like his first R.A. movie in like 15 years or something like that, right? Yeah, it's the first um, good movie he's been in in probably longer. Yeah. 
Uh, no, no, no. No, your professor was good. Yeah, but that couldn't have oh, been that might 15 been, yeah, years ago. Uh, no, I'm showing my age. Uh, 96. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, well, 23. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but great cast. Eddie Murphy, Keegan-Michael Key, um, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who was really awesome. Um, I'm trying to look up. Yeah, she's not really. She's done some TV stuff. Um, if you've seen Office Christmas Party, she was in that, uh, which I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Um, but she was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoop Dogg was in it. <laughs> uh, T.I. Mm-hmm. was in it. Lunell was in it. Um, Wesley Snipes was very funny in it. Uh, oh, good. Chris Rock was in it. Um, just a great cast. Uh, and it's a really awesome story. Uh, it It's re- a really well put together movie. It, it has the look and feel of the 70s. Um, it does. It's kind of... Uh, you know, I don't know much about Rudy Ray Moore's personal life, um, a- anything like that. I I am familiar with the Dolomite character, um, especially his album "This Ain't No White Christmas." Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um, it does. It's a very loving portrayal. I'll say that. Like it, it's kind of like borderline superhero movie, kind of the way the NWA movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know maybe kind of the uh, maybe this is a project that Eddie Murphy wanted to because I'm sure he is a huge fan of Dolomite. Um, he came up kind of like right behind him, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, so you know it, it it's a very loving tribute. Uh. Uh, funny, like all funny or poignant or it's pretty funny, but there are, there's one scene in particular where Eddie Murphy, um, is alone and he like is, um, looking at a, at a picture of his dad who, um, I guess, uh, Rudy Ray Moore had a bad relationship with and, um, that scene alone like watching that was kind of like damn all right <laughs> Eddie Murphy can can act still yeah um but that that was the one that kind of stood out for me as far as like the uh the kind of the only emotional touchstone really um but it is it's kind of a uh it's an underdog comedy of errors almost where um, no one expects him to succeed at stand-up. He succeeds at stand-up. He's, um, no one expects him to be able to put out his own party records. He puts out his own records. Um, even like when he finally gets a major label thing, you think that, of course, like, oh, the labels are going to you know, rob him blind or whatever, and even that really doesn't come up for the most part. And like, it just it's one like good thing after the other kind of proving the naysayers wrong and 
I don't know, looking at life through rose-colored glasses, I guess. Like, he takes over a... Uh, when he's making the Dolomite movie, they take over, like, a run-down uh, hotel that was, like, infested with junkies. And, you know, everyone thinks he's crazy for trying it, and he makes it happen, so... Um, cool. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. It is, uh, like I said earlier, a Netflix original. Um, and it was just, it was good to see Eddie Murphy, like, as much as, I don't know, he never really became, like, a laughing stock as much as I feel like people were kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like... I don't know. I I think everyone was kind of just always, at least this is the impression that I get, is everyone was like, man, you're better than this. Like, this is the guy who carried SNL through its, like, lowest times and right. came out as one of the all-time greats, you know, has, like, probably three, like, legendary stand-up specials to his name. And I know we talked about how he, um, you know, won, or maybe it wasn't you and I, but we talked about, I talked with someone about how he he distanced himself from those jokes that he's made in the past and but still in their time in their era they're phenomenally good. Um yeah. and he made some really good movies. And also did like Pluto Nash and uh I don't know. Some other stuff. Yeah. I feel like people were always Norbert. Norbert. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. But I do feel like people are always like, "Oh man, like you're better than this. Whereas with Adam Sandler, it's like, really, you're doing this? <laughs> yeah. Well, have you seen the new the uh, trailer for his new movie coming out? Adam Sandler? Yeah. No. It looks good. It actually looks pretty good. Damn good. <coughs> he's. I'm anxious to see it. At this point, he's probably made more like unfunny comedies than he's made like great comedies. But he has good credit with me. Yeah. So well, I'm, no, this is more of a curious. serious role. I think he he is really good in serious roles usually. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, good. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, I watched The Single Man streaming on Amazon right now. Yeah. Uh, from 2009, directed by Tom Ford. Mm-hmm. And the reason I pointed you to tell me to watch it mm-hmm. is because we both like nocturnal animals so much that um, – I want to see what else Tom Ford could do, and yes. especially in his directorial debut. Uh, this stars, stars Colin Firth, Julianne Moore, Matthew Good, who you'd know as Ozymandias in The Watchmen, yeah. uh, a young Nicholas Holt, and uh, some other people you may or may not know. But uh, this is a very stylish movie, um, <clears throat> and uh, a very bleak movie at times, but also bleak, but also full of hope because so it what it does is it, it follows a guy through one day in his life but it also tells his story through a series of flashbacks as he remembers them through the day and it's a day he's going to kill himself mm-hmm. and um you pretty you know that from the beginning of the movie so it's not like a spoiler in that sense um and it's just how you tell the story and how it co- comes through as and, and by the end whether he killed himself or not is not really the point of the story it's actually how the story's told i think is the point of this movie mm-hmm. and it was pretty effective now it um i i 
there were there was some levity in it, but for the most part, it's a drag. It's it, um, you know, it's set in the I think in the late sixties. I think, um, not sure, uh, but it's it's definitely a period piece set in California, and I think in L A. Um, and it, all the performances are great. There's nothing, there's no bad performance in this. Um, and whether or not you can get past the, the, the fact that it's telling a story of a, a man who is, is, has lost the love of his life and is, and ha- realizes that and is, is ready to, uh, end his life because there's nothing left to live for. Um, and it kind of, sh- it, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of, um, I'd say a lot of uh, uh, references to depression and, um, you know, there's there's points in time where you're looking at the character and you're like, we really do have it made. You have friends out there. You have people that care about you. Mm-hmm. And but but that really <clears throat> and I think that's like a layman's person looking at like people who do uh, attempt or do succeed in committing suicide or you know, have thought about it, that it's not, it's not the people that it's, it's your state of mind and how you, you know, where you're at at that point. Cause like, no matter how many people love you, no how matter, like how, like if you're in a space where you are truly depressed or, you know, have uh, su- suicidal thoughts, like there's not a, there's not just like, Hey, cheer up there, bud. It's not going to get you out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, it's a really interesting look at it. And it, it's but also stylized and and there's some corny parts of it where i'm like eh. but overall i think it's a it's a a well-made movie i can't say it's a great movie i'd say it's a good watch if you're willing to dive into that kind of uh bleakness you know what i mean yeah and it's not an uplifting movie i mean no. maybe parts of it are you know like um but like when <clears throat> I guess it's, it's one way to look at it and, and to say that everybody on the outside can look great. You know, all these, you know, all the Instagram models or, you know, trendsetters and all that stuff. Everyone's got a dark, fucked up side. No one no one has the perfect life, you right. know, and I this this kind of it. I guess that's what the one main point of the story is, is that like no one's life's perfect. Mm-hmm. and how do you deal with it so uh i know you watched it before i know you didn't have a really good didn't leave a good taste in your mouth and yeah um i'd say it's a well-made movie it's just the 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 uh subject matter can it you have to be in the right headspace to watch it i'd say yeah um did you have you seen the trailer I have not. No. And uh, fuck, I should have because you did say that last week and I just forgot about it. Um yeah, cuz it's uh I don't know. The the trailer sold it as a different movie, and I think that that was that definitely like impacted the way I felt about the movie. So, um but that is why I was curious to hear what you uh thought of it and uh glad that you you took away some positives and yeah it, um obviously we were both very big fans of nocturnal animals so mm-hmm. worth at least uh checking out 
Yep. It gave me a, a lot more appreciation for um, Colin Firth because, I mean, everything he's in, he fucking knocks it out of the park. He re- truly does. Like, he doesn't mail anything in. Um, no, I, I, <coughs> I, I don't think I could think of anything where, where that could be approaching true. Yeah. All right. Nice. Uh, what, what else have you been watching? Um, I got a chance to sit down with my wife nice. and watch a movie, which is, is a rare occur- occurrence. Uh, but this is one I knew she would want to watch in. It's streaming on Amazon. It's Brittany Runs a Marathon. Nice. Uh, uh, it's based. It's well. It's based. It's not based on anything other than it's a screenplay uh, that a guy wrote based on a, one of his friends who ran, who did this. So it's based on one of his friends, a person that uh, I think wrote and directed this movie. Uh, it's a lot better than it it should have been. Um, it's not bad. And um, forgive me while I look up. The actress who plays the Jillian Bell, yes, yeah. yes, uh, she's been in a, a bunch of things you may or may not have seen. Um, she's really good in this, really mm-hmm. good. Um, and uh, pretty much the whole cast is uh, pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I can't say it's a great movie, but it was enjoyable. Um, you know, it there's a lot of tropes, a lot of uh, you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie because it mm-hmm. says it right in the beginning, <laughs> the title of the movie. Um, uh, <laughs> fair enough. And but also you know the the path that's going to go down. You know what I mean? Like you see the the cover or the the poster, and you know she's holding a glass of wine, and you know she's, you know, uh, right. you know, like you know that she's not equipped to run a marathon based on the poster, and you know she's going to ups and downs, and eventually she's going to run it. And you can kind of guess the story arc, but it's how they get there, I guess, that matters, and and the characters, I guess, for this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it was it was fun. It was good. It was a good uh, date watch, I would say. Nice. Yeah. So if you, uh, yeah, if there's uh, someone out there that you want to watch a movie with, this is a safe, good one that's not going to offend anybody. We're good. So. Uh. I really like Jillian Bell. I know yeah. her best from Workaholics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she's she awesome in that. Yeah, and yeah, she's got the chops too. I mean, she was right on Saturday Night Live for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, I mean, the reason she, um, well, she was in Workaholics because she did a lot of how those guys got their start doing. Uh, like YouTube stuff, like she was involved in a lot of that, and she was in some of the videos as well as wrote on them. So, right. um, yeah, she definitely is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, she's very talented, and I wish she did more stuff. And I was thinking about that last time I watched an episode of Workaholics. Yeah, which is every every now and again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, one other uh, streaming movie that I watched. A mm-hmm. uh, movie called Gook. Streaming on Netflix. And this is a movie I think you should watch. Okay. It's super indie. Super indie. Uh, and uh, uh, based 
like right at I think it's in the nine it's in the ninety two in L A. It's right at the time of the Rodney King uh, the police officers where they were reading off the uh, the the verdicts right mm-hmm. and it's and it's another day in the life. It's like you know starts in the morning ends at ends at night kind of like a uh, single man. Uh, but there's no flashbacks in this. This is all, you know, limited storytelling, but like kind of told through the eyes of this little neighborhood and like the, and really, it really presses on the racial tensions and not, not, I don't even know if there's a white person in this movie. Well, I can't watch it then. How, where's my POV character? Right. (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, I'm sh- maybe there is, but like, I'm not. I mean, doesn't matter to me. Uh, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, because um, uh, I, I, like, I've heard of the, the story of like the the riots in L.A. and mm-hmm. like the and and Ice Cube, you know, talks about it in some of his lyrics where he's talking about the uh, the the fight between the Koreans and. Uh, the african-americans right like how they don't get along mm-hmm. you know and this kind of uh explores that and it's written and directed by the guy who's the main character in it as well so it's super indie um you know not real like the i well yeah it's super indie so it's not like it's gonna blow away with the uh aesthetics mm-hmm. so but the story's good it's a, it's a decent story, so check out Gook on on uh, Netflix. Netflix, all right. Adding it to my watch list right now. All right, nice. Uh, well, I watched uh, Hustlers. Oh, yeah. Good. Starring I heard Jennifer that's Lopez. Great. It was very good. Um, I'm surprised it's. Got a 6.4 user rating on IMDb. Um, it's only got 30,000 reviews. Right. Um, so I I love Jennifer Lopez, uh, which mm-hmm. if this movie came out was when I was 15, my couch would have been pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Morgan style. You um, would have had love, love seats everywhere. Yeah, love seats. Perfect. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, I had heard that this was good. And I think it was on the after disaster when um, Anderson was talking about it was kind of Scorsese esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, what I was in the mood for after The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rented it on uh, Amazon Prime and it was it was really good. I would recommend It'll probably show up on some streaming service sooner rather than later. Right. Um, it's it's worth uh, it's <coughs> worth watching, but I would maybe hold out for that. Um, but it was it was really good. It was uh, an interesting story. It's based on a true story uh, about an a uh, article that was written by. A woman named Jessica Pressler. I haven't read the article, but I did find it so that I can read it. Uh-huh. Um, and it, there definitely are like the opening shot is a tracking shot through uh, the strip club, and um, it there are some very uh, 
kind of Scorsese-esque things that go on. Um, and it even, like, it's uh, it's about a group of uh, strippers that start drugging and ripping off uh, Wall Street guys. Um, and it is, it's totally like the type of club that if Jordan Belfour was um, not alive and well, he's alive. Uh, if, if he was, you know, out in... His prime, well. if his prime was 2008, this is like, he uh, was would have been their mark, All right? Um, and yeah, it was a it was a uh, a pretty cool story. Um, interesting. I mean, it it's not like it is one of those things where at the end of the day, it's like a bunch of they're these Wall Street guys. Like, yeah, they suck. Um, the characters. They kind of just it, depend on your outside your perspective of, of them. Yeah. Um, f- thieves stealing from thieves, and which thieves do you like the most? Right, yeah. And it is like, it's exactly that. And the Wall Street guys are just stand-ins. Like, they're not really, don't have any real characters. Yeah. Um, but it is like you see them stealing, and, you know, they want to make better lives for themselves. But then just like the classic, mafioso thing is like they want to find a better way and they find what they perceive to be a better way and then they get further and further from it as they start to live these lavish more lavish lifestyles they have to commit more crimes to stay within their means um so yeah it's 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 an interesting you watch them spiral out of control and um I don't know. It's it's a good watch. I can't believe Jennifer Lopez is fifty. Hmm. Well. But yeah. Good movie. Recommend it. Um, cool. And yeah, there's especially if you're familiar with um Scorsese movies, there's some things that you are like, Oh, okay, this is you see his impact. Right. Um, Switch pans and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I do want to read more about um Lorraine uh Scafaria. Scafaria, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but she the she um adapt- she, she, she she knows who she is. Shout out Lorraine. Um, she adapted the uh, magazine article into a screenplay, and um, I think that she like really had to fight tooth and nail to get this movie made, and uh, I'm I'm happy that she was able to. Cool. She did a fantastic job. <coughs> Excuse me. Very good. Um, mm-hmm. um, I watched and last one before we get into our thing. I think, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I was able to go see Doctor Sleep. Yes. A movie I want to see out in theaters, and it was only uh, streaming. It was only playing in one theater. Whenever I got to see it, I got to go see it with my niece. It was a weird situation where I walked into the theater, and one of my wife's teacher friends was there while I was walking in with my what sixteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old niece. And she kind of looked at me, and I was like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, hey, how are you? <laughs> I was like, I got home that night. I was like, honey, if you're here, I was at, a, you know, at the movie theaters with some young lady. Uh, just remember, that's your niece. Yeah. So. So he was with an inappropriately young girl. That's right. Well. <laughs> um, and this is, anyway, this is the niece that you, uh, you go to the movies with? She's yeah, your, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's always good to have um, that person in your, uh, not back pocket, because it sounds like they owe you something, but in yeah. your corner. It's always yeah. good to have that person you can call. 
Yep. Uh, so, uh, got to see uh, Doctor Sleep, which is the, I guess, uh, like it is the sequel not only to the book but and to the movie of the Shining. Famously, <clears throat> yes, the Shining. Um, famously, um, uh, Stephen King uh, kind of disowned Kubrick's version of The Shining mm-hmm. as and not hate, liking <laughs> that as his uh, as the adaptation. Um, uh, like I, there's a bunch of stuff where he really hated it. I think if, even in the foreword to The Shining, or maybe even to Doctor Sleep, I can't remember because I recently read them both. Mm-hmm. Um, he he says about how he didn't like the adaptation of it and whatever uh but this pays homage to both of them um it takes all the best things from the shining and all the best things from the shining the book and shining the movie and puts them into uh this movie and also it is also a uh adaptation from a book as well dr sleep which is like someone came up i think uh anderson said you know someone came up to Stephen King at a book signing and said, "Hey, whatever happened to Danny Torrance?" Well, this is what happened to Danny Torrance. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. It's a really good movie. It's really, really good. Um, I I had really low expectation. Not low expectation. I was like, okay, you know, let's see what happens. But I'm a, I'm a sucker for this. You know, this you know this story and this person and all that stuff. And fuck, this really was really good. Um, uh, not only was it a, uh, just a pretty good story on its own, but then it, uh, it like w- right at the end of the second act, it, act it was wrapping up, and I was like, okay, they've done enough. And then the third act is all homage to Kubrick. <coughs> Excuse me, awesome. And it, it they well, I don't want to ruin it. They really bring it home strong. All right. Um, it uh. Uh, Ewan McGregor is the main, uh, the main character, the main actor, uh, Danny Torrance. Um, Rebecca Ferguson is the main bad guy. Uh, she's really good in it. Uh, and she's great in everything I've seen her in. She's really good. Um, uh, uh, the director was Mike Flanagan, who did a bunch of stuff. You love The Haunting of Hill House, right? Yeah. He, he did that. He also directed Hush. Um, which we both really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's done some good creepy stuff. Uh, so I I can't recommend this enough. Nice. I really I if you love The Shining, whether the book or the movie or whatever it is, this will give you those you know member berries or whatever you know they'll. It's it's worth the watch because. Everything he takes a really deft. It takes a really deft hand to uh, to pay tribute, mm-hmm. but also have a good story with it, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Because you could just do a shot by shot remake. Excuse me, like um, Gus Van Sant, mm-hmm. and no one likes it, right? Or you could veer off the course, and then you get the remake of the texas chainsaw massacre yeah you know but what this does it incorporates both and makes it really uh really pays off so i highly recommend this movie awesome 
Well, that's good to hear because obviously it, a lot of people are loving it. Um, but you know, I you never really know how much reverence those people have for The Shining. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to and, hear it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see what you think about it when it does come out. Hopefully, you'll enjoy it. So, all that being said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's uh, get your ire up. Yes. Let's talk about The Irishman. We're going to talk about a movie that is going to be longer than our episode, which is very hard to do. No, Yeah, no easy task, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> but they did it. Martin Scorsese did it. Uh, yeah, so The Irishman, uh, for those of you that don't know, cause I f- uh, which would be kind of strange because I feel like this movie was really had a kind of whirlwind around it um, as far as Joe Pesci's coming back. It's going to Netflix. It's not going to be eligible for awards. Okay, they're putting it in theaters, so it'll be eligible for awards. Uh, Martin Scorsese thinks that Marvel movies aren't, uh, I don't know, cinema, whatever. Oh, shit. You know what? Yeah. Um, there, I saw a quick interview. Uh, Kevin Smith did a quick interview, and or I don't did believe it. it. <laughs> did an interview, mm-hmm. and they took a clip out of it. And the whoever was interviewing asked about that comment that yeah. Scorsese had, and Kevin Smith has a great, great answer for that question. Yeah. Um. Fuck. I'll try to look it up. I'll send it to you if you can put it on the Twitter. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Marvel movies are junk food, and junk food is good. Um, it's actually even like it, as much as that is true for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's not that pretty... they it's not like they don't have talented people working <laughs> on it. It's not like they like we've talked about it before. Like they don't even if they're not your cup of tea, they look great. Um, and there's the machine behind him pumping him out. And I could see how that could turn an auteur off. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't want to pick a side either way, but at the end of the day, I think Marvel movies are overrated. And I don't think that that's, uh, a secret to anyone who's listened to this show. I enjoy them. I see most of them, but you know, they're, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and it, well, it's one of those things. No one's going to change anyone else's mind. So why, why even talk in circles about it? Yeah. <coughs> but anyways, uh, the Irishman, I do feel like there was a lot of buildup surrounding this movie. Um, and I don't know if it's because, Maybe it's it's in my wheelhouse or if it was kind of everywhere, because I do feel like any time I got on the Internet or hopped on IMDb, uh, I mean, it was there. It, I mean, it is. I mean, it's ubiquitous right now. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it was everywhere. Like I mm-hmm. had people at work and you know where I work like mm-hmm. and like I asked people if they have Netflix and they're like, 
I don't. I don't think so. Like, so like that's how much they're invested. But then I, those same people, like I watched this movie this weekend. I tried to watch this movie this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> tried to yeah. watch this movie this weekend. And like I had like three or four guys come up to me and like, like talking about this because it this was a pretty it was a cultural event over Thanksgiving. It really was. It was really smart them for them to release it over Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, because I mean, really, it was a phenomenon. Yeah. That that everyone really was talking. My, my mom was asking me about it. Really. Yeah. Like I. And I was like, she was like, uh, did you hear about this movie that's based, it has uh, De Niro and uh, what's his name, Pesci and, and Al Pacino is like, and it's about an Irish mob or something. And I'm like, and I tried it and then I kind of broke down what it was and whether or not she would watch it. She should watch it. The guy from Home Alone and that guy who was in that movie with Anne Hathaway, the intern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, meet the who? Um uh but yeah i mean people like a lot of the people in my life who don't i usually don't hear about movies from were mm-hmm. talking about this movie so cool i think it was like hey if you're gonna do it this way because like no one's talk about silence like this you know a couple no. years ago no you know and, i mean and i don't think people were talking about um you know the wolf of wall street was bigger but i don't think people were talking about wolf of wall street this way no. at all um I think it's been a while since Martin Scorsese was um, the talk of the town, I guess. I don't know, so for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um. But whether, uh, you know, here's my thing. Yeah. For this movie, mm-hmm. I, wish it, I wish it was a different movie. I wish it was like Gangs of New York people were talking about this. about Because yeah. this movie was f- too fucking long. All right. Well, I I think that we should just jump right into it. I mean, we've we've kind of danced around it, but you know, don't really need a rundown. I I will tell you what I think this movie is. What a hundred percent, I would say. Oh, thank you. Um, it's Goodfellas Light. Um, I'd say it's all the cut scenes from. it is is. and i'm not even saying it's a bad movie no no i i actually i enjoyed it i wish it was maybe 45 minutes shorter and i think that could be done easily absolutely could have been yeah um the fish get fuck the fish (laughs) who cares about the fucking fish because like there was a lot okay so, like, if you compare it, like, you can't help but compare this movie to Goodfellas or Casino, right? Right. Casino was a long-ass movie. Yeah. And Goodfellas was long for its time, right? Yeah. Um, but those and, movies move. But, fuck, there's no dead air in that movie, in those movies. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's They're frenetic. They're, like, you know, Scorsese is known for his editing and the way he cuts things, the way, he, like, his camera movement and all that stuff. It's great. Yeah. This I almost felt like a, a play. You know, and I could like, see that. Yeah. Uh, and and it, there's nothing wrong with this movie other than the length of it. There's mm-hmm. like it's it's acted well. You know, some of the CGI was kind of iffy at times, but you you kind of got used to it after a while. I didn't right? like it, but I also feel like more was made out of it than it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sure. wasn't that big of a fucking deal. It, it wasn't. And you did you did get used to it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, you're just like, all right, whatever. Um, But like. <sighs> like it, it's a story that needed to be told, but I mean, 
like it was so tedious at times. It really was, man. Like Yeah. Well, it it the reason I specifically obviously Martin Scorsese, but Goodfellas Light, it it follows three it has three characters of varying degrees of involvement in organized crime. Yeah. Um and it follows them through a couple decades. And I feel like it uh, hits on some of the same beats. Um, And it kind of it even has that kind of mounting tension at the end. And instead of the bloodbath, it's really just one guy. Um, But it all kind of culminates in in this moment, similar to. um, The the second act of Goodfellas, I guess, really, when when Jimmy starts taking out everybody after the heist. Yeah. Um but yeah, it just it felt like um I mean Sc- Scorsese we were just talking about his influence with Hustlers. Right? He's incredibly influential, but at a certain point um it's not that you necessarily run out of ideas, but it's just it feels like he's given us the same stuff that he's given us before. Yeah. Um um see i would i would kind of disagree because actually i'm going to disagree because this is a story that needs to be told right because like well, i i know the story of jimmy hoffa from my parents right mm-hmm. because i knew of the you know maybe buried in the meadowlands maybe you know whatever <laughs> but i didn't know who actually jimmy hoffa was right and that's on me i should know things but i know yeah a lot you should of have seen I the know. jack nicholson movie <laughs> yeah well i did <laughs> and it didn't really teach me anything. I forgot about it. Um, but, like, so, like, a lot of things I know about history is because of movies, and then I start to research it on my own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this kind of got me interested in Jimmy Hoffa, and mm-hmm. just like Gangs of New York, like, love that story, and, like, I did some research, got to do some research, and learned about some of that, the old history of new york now was a little bit overblown yes but it was their whole world that was within those couple blocks of the world that was their world right and kind of in this this was their world and you know but it told me the story of jimmy hoffa but it didn't want me to it didn't didn't leave any loose ends didn't want me wanting more at all like i didn't want to learn any more about jimmy hoffa in this movie like it told too much yeah fair and because of the runtime and it like took way too much and it told you like we got their relationship really early like i got you know de niro and pacino's their relationship i knew they were friends and they were right but they hammered it home and hammered it home and hammered it home and we knew he was a loose live wire from the very start of it and we knew what was going to happen they didn't have to belabor it and it was just edited like there was hardly any editing of this. Like there was so much that could have been cut. Yeah. They really, 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 um, they really want to build that relationship up so that the, it really hits home that this is a betrayal for the betterment of organized crime. Um, but I feel like the thing that's lost is someone saying, Hey, we get it. You know, the the whole when you get too big for yes men type of situation. Someone needs to say, like, hey, let's scale it back a little bit. 
Yeah. Let's, let's cut 45 yeah, well, minutes maybe, out of this. Yeah, because he goes to Netflix and they say, yes, sir, Mr. Scorsese, yeah. do whatever you want. Whereas like some of the studios may say, we can't put a three and a half hour movie out in mm-hmm. theaters. We can't do it. And, we, and expect some kind of long run in a theater. We can't do right. it. And like maybe he should have. Like, I don't know. It's technically a good movie, and I enjoyed most of it. Well, and that's when I say that like he's not breaking any new ground. I mean that more um, in a cinematography sense, yeah, in, but, in a shooting yeah. sense. Yeah, I suppose like he's not making any, like he's he's not doing anything, anything he hasn't done before other than the right, you know, the facial stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, like what, a hundred and fifty million dollar budget or something like that? Yeah, crazy budget. I mean, and I can see that to a certain part for like the, um, you know, period piece and all the, you know, to make it feel. But a lot, I think a lot of that had to do with the, um, you know, the digital stuff they had to do with the, mm-hmm. you know, all the CGI stuff they had to do with the faces and stuff. And like, <clears throat> like, where does he get off? And like talking about people playing on a green screen like not knowing who's you know who they're talking to now i know i mean come on you know what i mean bad optics yeah, like really bad right as soon as this movie's coming out like i don't know yeah because i don't know about you but like tony stark inside the mask Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It's great. I love seeing Tony Stark inside the mask. All yeah. that is just a close up on his face with shit like kind of reflecting off it, you know. Yeah. And like it's great. And like he's not doing anything different than that movie is, you know, other than I don't know. I I have a bad taste in my mouth on this movie, but I still kind of enjoyed it for the most part, except like I'm really slamming it. No, I but, I get it. Yeah, I I Really liked it. I um, but I do think that it um, also kind of falls short in the. I mean, not that he promised us anything, but falls short in the um, expectations department, I guess, which is not a fault of his. I don't know. I did today kind of feel like putting it on again. I'll say that. You know what this you know what this is and I'm glad I remember this cuz I almost wrote it down. It is uh it's the perfect movie that you catch on TV. Cuz you can leave it on and there's some really good lines, there's some really good dialogue, not nearly as much as there should be for a three and a half hour movie. Um but you can kind of pop in and out. And, yeah. and not really miss much because like you said like the main points of this movie get hammered home in the first hour yeah um yeah and but and the problem is like even pacino as hoffa mm-hmm. wasn't as bombastic as i would have liked him to be you know what i mean like i was expecting a mo- little bit more but he was like, kind of like um uh, just like a, uh, um, uh, like a, a facade, right? Like a, this, this propped up King, you know, this, this person who, you know, had all this bravado and stuff, but had really no power behind him. Mm. And like, like, but maybe that is the way he acted it because you did feel his, 
you did feel his uh, vulnerabilities at time, you know, whenever he was confiding in, in De Niro's character, like, yeah, you know, I mean, all of insecurities and stuff. But like whenever he got in front of other people, his like everything got bigger and grander. But that's but, what it was, though, right? Like it was yeah, just no, bravado was. because really the mob like. I, I think it was like Michael Francesa. He was saying in an interview, like if we wanted to like stop New York from working we could get it done with the snap of a finger. So yeah. like the unions were controlled by the mob and he was, it seems like Hoffa was kind of um, more puppet than master, but he was, well, I think, didn't I know think that this movie comes in. He didn't he know is. that he was a puppet. Yeah. He, he saw himself as the master. Well, I think for definitely for this movie, like where it, it catches him on his, Right at where he's coming off the peak and down the on the right, yeah, the back the back nine or on the the downslope of his career. His fatal flaw his, is already yeah. set because he we didn't see his real rise to power. Right, where in movies like Goodfellas or Casino, you mm-hmm. saw the the rise, and then then you see the decline. And this is all yeah. just like the kind of you know, and maybe I don't know. It's maybe it's the the story of. Uh, of uh what's his name frank mm-hmm. yeah but Sheer. i don't know Sheer. yeah so i don't know it uh i did i sent you a a, a youtube clip uh, or just what's real and what's not mm-hmm. and this is this 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 movie and like it's easy to take a movie and say oh this is what happened right this is yeah. what really what happened but this is based on a book it was uh so i heard you is it called to you? I heard you paint houses. I heard you paint, I paint houses. houses. I heard you paint houses. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is supposedly taken from the deathbed of Frank Sheeran mm-hmm. when, on his death. Yeah. His deathbed confession by a reporter. And, uh, and a lot of the stuff has kind of been debunked. Like, you know. Yeah. You know, some of the stuff was absolutely true. This guy was definitely a hitman. But yeah. like whether or not he actually killed Hoffa. Well, there's maybe, maybe. yeah, there's a couple guys that are more in the know than I'll ever be that said have said no way. Yeah. What those but, guys know, I don't know. Hey, we don't you kiss hear and things. Tell, you yeah, know you I'm hear saying. things. Hey, are we brothers? I thought we were brothers. We're <laughs> brothers. Now get the fuck out of here. How great was uh, what's his name, Bobby? Uh, I really. Oh my god. Bobby Cannavale. Oh yeah, I, I really. I wanted to see. More I wanted of more him of him. His, yeah, his his young character though. Whenever yeah, he not when... off the chicken, and then he's an old guy with bald. Yeah, know? we. Uh, yeah, got the like egghead thing going. It was weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you got the time, watch it. It's worth the watch for sure. It's just, fuck, if you have yeah. the time, man. Right. Well, now that I've seen it, I don't mind um, popping in and out of it. Uh, But it was not. I I don't like and and it's a me thing. I don't like starting and stopping and then restarting movies. Uh, But yeah, it it's hard if to actually carve three and a half hours out. Yeah. I actually did this in two sittings, which was pretty remarkable for me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I had yeah. a morning off from the bar and I ordered like a bunch of like a la carte food mm. <laughs> throughout the uh throughout the city. <laughs> like ordered some stuff and when it came, sat down, ate it, watched you know, an hour and a half of the movie and it's like, hey, I'm still hungry. Ordered a little <laughs> more food. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was dinner time then. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Fuck, uh, and also, a movie three and a half hours long. Couldn't mm-hmm. you give me more so, some more Harvey Keitel? Uh, I mean, yeah, that was he was used very. There were a few guys on, that man. were used very sparingly, that yeah. were. I I don't know. It felt. Uh, it kind of felt like, um, again, like Goodfellas Light, where you have. Uh, sorry, um, where you have a uh, bunch of ancillary characters uh that are interesting but ultimately they kind of serve the story more than are good characters mm-hmm. i don't know i mean murray kind of spider um mm. but they have these memorable moments oh um, hell, they they serve the story so well right yeah yeah where this guy um like harvey Keitel's uh character angelo like is a huge part of the story, it, but you never get that story. Like you Nothing. never find anything out. Yeah, no, he's the one that everyone's afraid of. And yeah, like everyone bows to, and we don't hear anything other right. than a little blurb above his head. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, <clears throat> the uh, when they did that, the. Uh, Anytime you came across a new character that kind of didn't even really serve the story, they'd do a quick freeze frame, tell you who they were, when and how they died. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, w- it was just, it, di- it didn't really, it never manifested really into anything, but there were a couple ones that came up and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 81 was a tough year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A most violent year. Yeah. Some would say. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this definitely had its. It, I I feel like it's it didn't really have its lows necessarily, but its highs are cut so short by yeah. these plateaus of just kind of static. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some great stuff in there too, like them all. They're both sitting in the hotel room where they're both in their pajamas. And like the vulnerability on Pacino, and the yeah. way that that De Niro really played a very subdued, subtle character. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was never, other than that one scene where he actually goes and, and gets that the butcher or whatever he is, and you know, in the market, right? Yeah, you, he's never that intimidating. He's always like kind of deferring, and he's always very, you know, hey, it's okay. You know, he, you know, he always he's playing that kind of bumbling sidekick kind of role but like mm-hmm. and you you're never really threatened by him you know but uh, you know he was yeah the uh you know what the other thing that was weird and i guess it, it was meant to play off um de niro and pesci's characters being you know the different dynamic that they had but i felt like Peggy was really like just kind of like fetishized. Oh yeah, like oh, the, it was the weird. like little like 
when uh, creepy weird. Yeah, when he's right? like, yeah, can, come come talk to me. You want you want some candy? I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? How did you think that this I was a good idea to keep this? I, I kept thinking of Predator too. <laughs> want some candy? <laughs> predator is definitely the right. The predator was on my mind. Yeah. Not yeah. not necessarily the. Uh, uh, Predator Donnie Glover movie. Yeah, or Danny Glover movie. <laughs> hmm. Predator also. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I don't if know. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna watch it if you're a Scorsese fan. If you're not, I'm gonna I'm not gonna Yeah. Uh twist your arm into watching it. So Yeah. Um I recommend it, but a I, I uh I don't know. Yeah, I think you already know going into it. Yeah. One way or the other. Yep. So, um, yeah. Well, with that out of the way, we've got some uh, assignments and recommendations. Why is my work? Never mind. Uh, let's just uh, move past it, shall we? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Beach The Beach Bum is streaming mm-hmm. on Hulu. It's from this past yeah. year. Uh and uh, I am assigning it to you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Snoop Doggy I've Dog, McConaughey. Yes. All right, all right, all right. That'll be fun. Uh, hopefully. I'll rizzle, I'll rizzle, I'll rizzle. Um, I brought up The Watchmen, mm-hmm. I think, last or last time we got together. And it mm-hmm. is next this this next Sunday, this coming Sunday, is the last episode for the season. So nine-episode nine run. Mm-hmm. I watched the latest episode here recently, mm-hmm. and I am fucking in on this show. Like, okay. it's not even like I am in on this fucking show. It's good. Uh, so I am assigning it to you, signing it to you, not to watch the whole thing by the next time we get together, but actually uh, but, put put the time in. Yes, uh, watch watch an episode or two and see if you if you dig it. Uh, the good thing about this so far is they ask a lot of questions in the first four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. In the last three, they answer. Answer. All right. And drag it on and looking for the next season. This this seems like it's going to be a self-contained, self-contained season. And I don't know if they're going to go for another season or not. I don't mm-hmm. care. I fucking love this so far. Um, really good storytelling. A lot of care given to the source material, uh, Watchmen by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, just almost a godlike reverence to to the source material. Hmm. Material, And there's a bunch of podcasts out there to listen to to get all of the Easter eggs, and, and there are a fucking ton of them. Um, right. But this last episode was really good. Probably the best episode of TV I've seen mm-hmm. in years. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you should start watching The Watchmen I'm on cool. HBO. I'm going to start watching The Watchmen. All right. Excited. Um, well, if you're waiting on, uh, I actually have three movies written down for cool. uh, streaming recommendations. So I'm just going to throw them all at you. Originally, I saw that Strep Brothers from 2008 was streaming on Netflix, and I figured anyone listening to this has probably seen it by now. Uh, yep. But just so you know, it's on Netflix. Uh, and then uh, Shot Caller caught my eye from uh, 2017 is streaming on Netflix. I uh, 
a good little like uh, crime kind of prison movie. Not uh, quite the uh, what was the uh, you you and I know his name. How could anyone Vince Vaughn? Yeah, yeah. Not quite that type uh, of prison movie, but yeah. Uh, uh, shit, ninety nine cells. Uh, Brawl in Cell Block. Yeah, ninety nine. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't um it's it's good it's a little different um and i i think i watched it right after brawl and cell block 99 so a nice little companion piece i guess um but yeah a good movie worth checking out and then uh the uh george george young uh, uh biopic also highly stylized another one that i'm sure you could do uh what's what they got wrong but uh blow from 2001 Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it that one make it's an uncomfortable watch because mm-hmm. you see the downfall, just kind of like the the third act in um, in Goodfellas. Yeah, it like the first two acts were fun, mm-hmm. crazy gangster stuff, and the third act riding was just high, like, cringeworthy. Like, gotta pay the price. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me. Uh, a movie written, not written by. This is an adaptation of a John Grisham novel, mm-hmm. uh, directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola, nice. uh, called *The Rainmaker*, uh, starring starring Danny DeVito and uh, what's his name, The Martian. Jesse Plevins. Jesse. Meth Damon. <laughs> Meth Damon, yeah. How, how did I get Meth Damon before I got Matt Damon? <laughs> um, yeah. So I heard an interview. It's the world we live in. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Rogan interviewed, um, oh, what's his name? Ed, Ed Norton recently. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that episode. And, like, I don't know what I think about Ed Norton. Um until I listened to this episode, and I still don't know what I think of him because I yeah. think he might be a, a bit of a diva actor, but he was yeah. really good in this uh, interview. Really good. And, like, um, he was enjoyable because I've just heard the horror stories. He's hard to work with and all that stuff. But he was actually up for the role of the main character in this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, went to Matt Damon instead. So, uh, But anyways, Rainmaker, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's, it's a fun watch. Um, yeah, not bad. Well, isn't that kind of what, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Birdman was him kind of a nod and a wink to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That one scene with him. You might've been the person that told me that actually. Uh, maybe. Calm down, Tim Allen. Sure. I did. (laughs) Uh, yeah. If I did. You know what it wouldn't be? Uh, an accident. Nope. <laughs> no. Not too shabby.
I could not foresee this thing happening to you. 